0: That's BlueNile.com.
2: Forgotten is a new podcast about hundreds of young women who have disappeared and turned up dead in Juarez, Mexico, right across the border from El Paso, Texas. It's a story about borders, migration, and corruption. We talk to victims' families, FBI agents, and a former U.S. ambassador to understand why these crimes have remained unsolved. Listen to Forgotten Women of Juarez on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Open your hearts and loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy.
4: Couples Therapy, my name is Andy. And I am Naomi, and we are a real-life couple, a
3: real-life couple of comedians, and on Couples Therapy, we bring you the very best sets from our live show, where we have comics who are friends, siblings, a couple, exes, do sets together about their relationship.
4: And then sometimes, we get in the studio, and we get in deep. And where is the studio we're recording from today? Why, New York City, the city that always creeps. (laughs) The city's a real (laughs) creeper. And I love it. We are doing good. It uh, is giving us it, as exhausted as we are, being here in the pig apple. <laughs> I was just trying to think of like other sick, sick, dumb, fun ways to talk about this city.
3: Well, I mean, you did call the city a creep, and honestly, I can relate to that content you, because turns out I'm a bit of a creep
4: too. <laughs>
3: you are uh, a huge creep. <laughs> okay, you guys. I just like, wanted to talk about something that I did recently. Okay because I think that when you feel shame, sometimes you have to name it. You have to put it out in order to release the name shame.
4: Your shame.
3: shame. <laughs> oh my god, let's do that. Um so okay, I have to set it up. Okay, cuz I just need you guys to know this is not how I normally am. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I took a peek at Andy's email. Okay, but let me tell you why. Okay, I do I do I trust Andy with my heart and soul. I have no I'm not like going through his phone ever or emails, but what happened was oh, okay, what would you find
4: <laughs> if you you would see me reluctantly text back my friends hours, maybe even days later, being like, Yes, we should hang out.
3: <laughs> Why so reluctant?
4: uh every i I tried to figure out how to really explain this. I tweeted out something about how the beginning of saving private Ryan is re- a really good way of like really understanding the visceral feeling of being in combat and also the feeling I get whenever I have an unexpected text because it really <laughs> anytime someone just texts me mm-hmm. it's I'm just like I get uh scared and anxious.
3: What are you telling me this? Are you just literally <laughs> revealing not you
4: No not me but I'm saying I'm
3: like I'm just finding this out now.
4: Oh this you didn't is know a thing this? yeah because I'm just like I'm like in my own private cocoon and then suddenly someone has burst that bubble. It's the same thing. Look, I'm I'm a zenial, okay. halfway between Generation X and Millennials. Okay, and uh, so I didn't grow up with cell phones, so I I you know I, I'm used to having like my own little bubble, and then someone bursts it.
3: I cannot relate to what you're telling me. I can't relate to what you're telling me. But so
4: all you look, if you did ha- go through my text, you would just find that, and me say, and then and. A lot of times me just sending a whimsical strain of random emoji to people because <laughs> I don't know what to say.
3: Well, it's look, I didn't expect anything good. Basically, okay, let me tell you what happened. So Andy had had this meeting and he said it went really well and he had gotten this good response. And it's funny when it comes to work stuff, we are pretty separate like in terms of what happens or how we handle it. And Andy, like Andy in work mode, like Andy in a meeting or Andy kind of like putting on the charm is like... So foreign to me
4: because I know just like honest, blunt, unadulterated Andy. It's actually embarrassing. If I, I purposely go out, if I have a business call to make, I purposely try to have it nowhere near you. Right, when because I'm just to dead hear- asleep or miles away. <laughs> because to hear business Andy... Is to hear, like, I'm not fake when I'm in business mode, but I'm also...
3: Yeah, it's different. Yeah,
4: it's It's different, different. and it's embarrassing.
3: But that's what I was curious about. So Andy said he got this good email, and I just, like, wanted to see the email. Like, I just wanted to see the email, and I think, I don't know, you had just gotten up, and I just, like, went to look at it. But this is the thing, though. This shows you, like, how little I creep slash how bad I am at being a creeper. Because basically I went and I opened the email. It was nice. It was perfectly normal. But then I didn't, I couldn't figure out, it wasn't in the Gmail app, it was like whatever the mail app is on an iPhone. I couldn't figure out how to mark it as unread again. Once <laughs> I had opened it,
4: in this mail app, I did not know how to mark it as unread. You did this when I was asleep. We were on the couch, and I fell asleep. I remember, I fell asleep, and I had my phone next to me, and that, then you had to wake me up to explain how you were looking through my email and you may have screwed something up
3: because basically when i went to go market as unread it looks like i made it go away and then i freaked out and then i had to so like i literally had to wake andy up to be like hey i did this fucked up thing and i did it in a bad way so i mean honestly it's one of those moments where you learn your own lesson it was one of those moments where i learned truly that um I cannot be trusted, and I really need to just stop trying to be up in your business. <laughs>
4: Were you mad? You didn't seem mad. Yeah, I I, I guess I don't really care. <laughs> I, the only thing that's really embarrassing about my email, I mean, all the ones where I do, like, really messed up stuff, I have a separate email account for them. <laughs> Oh, wow, 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 wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> so cool, you'll cool, never cool. know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but, like, the only thing that's, like, embarrassing for me is you seeing, like, business emails, where I am... Kind of heightened business Andy. Yeah. HBA. Heightened Business no, Andy.
3: Classic HBA. I went to an HBA university. <laughs> JK not a thing. Put on HBC. Um But yeah, so
4: like it, it doesn't it, it I laughed if you remember my reaction. No, you
3: did, but I didn't know if maybe like once the silliness were you're like, wait a minute, that was some fuckery. So I felt guilty. You know what, you guys? Let's give you a set. <laughs> Let's give you a hilarious humorous set. Okay, you guys, because we're in New York, we wanted to bring you one of our sets from our last New York show when we were back <laughs> in town in September. This set is from Ian Fidance and Monroe Martin. Ooh, they old are pals. they're old pals of ours, old pals of each other. They came up in Philly. They're now in New York, and they're great. Ian Fidens is a co-host of You Up with Nikki Glaser on Sirius XM Radio. He's been on Gotham Comedy Live, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and he hosts Picture This, a stand-up meets animation show at Union Hall in New York. And Monroe Martin has been on Last Comic Standing, Fallon, Guy Code, and hosts the podcast No Need for Apologies. So,
5: here you go, Ian and Monroe. Roll it. Hey, what's going on?
6: All, All right, right, well.
5: Yeah. No,
6: nah, fuck that. I didn't like the way we said, hey, what's up? And they just stared.
5: Yeah, you just stared I don't at like
6: it's... rude people.
5: Yeah, fuck Jesus you. Jesus Christ, have some yeah. fucking so cool. we look like the male version of Andy and Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's my jubu. <laughs> yeah, I'm his little jubu. <laughs> his white jubu.
6: White, I just expressed to Ian that I like when, like, black people... Go extra hard to say white. They're like, white. That white man. It's funny. I don't
5: like it. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) It's great because that's not a, I don't know. It's white. Mm. Because then I can't be like, black. 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 Yeah, see? No one likes that.
6: So what do you want to talk about, sir?
5: Uh, those zippers on your jacket. (laughs) It's not a jacket, it's a hoodie.
6: I like them, they're fashion zippers. They're not, they serve no purpose at all. Yeah. And I fucks with it. Uh This This is the slimmest I've ever been, so I gotta take advantage of it. So, I gotta start wearing dumb shit. You know what I mean? Because any bigger than this, there's no fashion, like they stop with fashion. Like once you, like I used to be 300 pounds. There are no fucking fashion clothes for big niggas. Like I, a 300 pound dude, you just get a shirt with buttons and that's it. There that was like, the stains you leave is a design. I get to fucking have zippers and ridges and shit. I love it. I'm gonna live my best life, Ian.
5: Yeah, I like it. Yeah, right?
6: Ian thinks he has the upper hand because he's wearing Nikes
5: now. Yeah. That's what it is. That's right, what's Ian got. Up?
6: He used to get mad at me because all the sneakers look like dirty q-tips and fucking
5: Yeah, uh, yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like no, he I swear fuck you. How I long you been God, sober? Shut up. I swear to God, yo, dude, it is like I, I say su- yo, um okay.
6: Get it out um, already, walking, fucker.
5: Walking down the street and hearing this fucking idiot be like, Oh, look at your sneakers, they look like dirty q-tips, and I'm like, I like my Nike monarchs. And so now I have to buy nice stuff just so my self-esteem You call be okay? that nice <laughs> stuff?
6: Like, I look you good. You don't. That's not nice. I don't like it. you got a free shirt on.
5: First of all, WoHop's the best restaurant in New York City. Yeah, that's right. You got to go downstairs. And uh, I go there so many times, and the only thing I've ever wanted in life was to get facially recognized by the people in WoHop. To but, like walk in and then be like, Ian, hello. And I go there and I'm like, hey, have a nice night. <laughs> and they never remember me.
6: And it's the best when he goes in there. Like, we'll go. First of all, I hate going to restaurants with Ian. If you know Ian and you're in this audience, please do not go to a restaurant with him. Because first of all, what Ian does, he orders shit no one fucks with. And I'm you sh- try to convince us to get it so you can eat it for free. Well, That's what, dude. a little bit. Do you want broccoli rob? Do you eat- want to get no one fucks with broccoli rob.
5: It's good Italian food.
6: No, it's not. It's fucking gross. It has this weird tangy aftertaste. I it's try fucking to get him gross. to eat
5: bok choy and he just wants to be fat for the rest of his life.
6: <laughs> so I'ma say, this is not a bok choy body, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm doing well now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I used to have a, me and Ian her best friends. I used to have a lot of problems with Ian because Ian is a liar. <laughs> he is a fucking liar. I used to bring Ian on the road with me. Those days, stop, because you're doing better. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. he's doing well, so he doesn't need it anymore. No, 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 no. Let me get to making you an asshole in front of all these people. So okay, I go, Ian. Right. You want to open up for me? Uh, it's in This is when we were going to Long Island. It's only an hour and a half drop. I'm like, Ian, you want to open up for me? He was like, Sure. I'm like, All right, just be at my house at this time. And I gave you. I said, Be at my house at three o'clock. Three o'clock comes. I goes, Ian, where the fuck are you? He goes, Oh, my bad. I got into a. I got into an accident. And I'm like, Word. And you're texting me right now. I'm like, what happened? And then it would, he gets super racist because he thought I wasn't going to call him on it. Some fucking Mexican hit me.
5: But Is that said, not? <laughs> it's I was describing what the situation details, motherfuckers. When you so lie, Mexican you get hit more me? Details.
6: He said so Mexican hit me so. Like I got I I had to pull over and like I'll be there pretty soon. Pretty soon turns into like what, forty five minutes later?
5: Okay. A couple of these. Forty five mi-
6: no, yeah, forty five minutes later. I'll call Reggie, because Reggie was also at my house on fucking time.
5: Well, that was a miracle. So then we
6: get there, also gotta tell you, his car is already shitty. So
5: yeah, it already it's got hard to done.
6: detect if it's really been in an accident. <laughs> Cause there are so many fucking dings. But the thing he decided to point out was some shit we already fucking noticed. He was like, if you see right there, he fucking hit it. And I was like, nigga, you had this there for two years.
5: Okay. It was not lot. That's not the only
6: time you were late. So we're. Here's another time Ian was late. We're shooting, we're shooting a sizzle. Right, you know what a sizzle is. A sizzle uh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you, it's like a, a pre pilot. So, we're shooting a sizzle for true TV. And I go, Ian, look, we really want you to be in this thing, it'll be great. He came to all the meetings, we're like, good. So, we're all like, all right, here's now the call sheet. Meetings. Shut up, motherfucker. So, <laughs> I'm like, yo, here's the call sheet. You got that call sheet like three times because I think like I emailed you, then two people emailed you. We all meet in Washington Square Park and we're all there on time and we're looking around. We're like, where the fuck is Ian? We call Ian and Ian's like, yeah, 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 I'm on my way. Once again, that's his go-to shit. Ian pulls up at least an hour late on a fucking bike, sweaty as shit. First of all, you told us he was jumping on the train. I'm getting on the train now. He pulls up with his fucking bike, skirting, fucking whatever's left of his hair flapping in the wind. I fucking hate your dog-like fucking mane.
5: Okay, first of all, let me address these egregious statements. Okay, first of all, the first time, I did not lie. It was a white lie. Okay, that's a good fight. That was a good call. So did you get hit? Yes, I got hit. And also, but did you get
6: hit on that day you told me I you got hit? I got hit, hit on the
5: day. It did not. It was not a hit. It, you know when you get in an accident and it's like a bump, but it's not like where and you both look at it and you're like, OK, whatever. It was like one of those. We both had to get out and look at it. And the guy was Mexican. I didn't make that up. It was a part of the story. What do you want from me? I was just giving detail.
6: You're a fucking liar.
5: I see, see, he got hit by an Uber tonight, and uh, I didn't get
6: hit by Uber. I was in the Uber that got hit, and then I was sitting in the back seat. The dude hit the car. They first of all, the guy, the driver, gets out. He goes to check the car. The car is fine, but now he still has to follow protocol. He has to call the cops. The guy who hit him. Listen, but I still got here on time. You son of a bitch. So, yes. So he gets out. The dude, the other dude that hit us gets out of his car, a big old dude. So I slink down in my chair like, I ain't going to fight on behalf of this Uber driver. So <laughs> I slink down in the chair. I call my girl. I'm like, yo, baby, we, drive- we just got in the accident. And I'm good, but I don't know if I'm going to make it to the show on time. Big ass dude walks over to the window. You good, right? You good, right? This is what he's doing. I'm like, I'm like yeah, my neck was hurting, but I'm fine now. Shit, I don't know what else you're going to do. So that dude jumps back in his car. First of all, this is on the BQE near uh, exit 31 because details are important. So... The Exit 31, wife, and, uh, wife Ave and Kent Ave, and I go, and the dude is like, well, I still got to wait for the cops. I was like, well, can you pull over to, like, Williamsburg, Ave, just so I can get out? Because I have nothing to do with this shit. Like, I'm fine.
5: Yeah, yeah, And then he pulled off,
6: and I called another did Uber. Did you have to
5: walk down the, the No, fuck No, I'm
6: No, I'm wearing all black. They would hit the shit out of me.
5: <laughs>
6: but I got here on time. He See? You did.
5: Yes. Look, man. That that
6: didn't cause me to be forty-five minutes late. And guess what? We're all a You work in were progress. still late. Like you were late. I told you, hey Ian, I'm running late. I got in a car accident. Uh-huh. And then you went, all right, cool. And then I got here. And then my and Uber you showed up twenty
5: minutes ago. Thirty minutes ago, and. My Uber, yo, have you ever done an Uber pool and it's, it's, I got, for Williamsburg You might as well take the bus
6: if you're taking an Uber pool. (laughs) Like, you understand, you're paying extra money for what?
5: For what? What are you paying extra money for? Get on the fucking bus. I like it. It's like gambling, because you never know if you're going to get one straight shot, or you're going to pick up a bunch of people. Dude, you and get I the same treatment. And I gambled, and
6: I lost. You get the same treatment on the bus. Late at night, if you're the only one on the bus, you can tell the bus driver to drop you off on your block. <laughs> you can go, hey, if it's on the route, can you mind dropping off? here? yeah, cool. Fucking <laughs> people trying to, you didn't know that? Look at that. Look at that shit. Catch the sh- bus, yes. If it's later at night and the bus isn't packed, you can go, hey, man, do you mind actually dropping me off here? And I'm fucking do it. It goes, no problem, man. I don't make shit. And they drop you off. <laughs> 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 they don't say that part, but, you know. I Sound swear to God, people.
5: this dude, he picked me up. There was one person in the car. We picked up another person, dropped off that person, picked up another person, dropped that person off went by fucking Union Street, right by here, <laughs> dropped someone else off, and she goes, oh, this is the back of the building. Uh, you need to go to the front. And I'm in the back seat, and I'm like, I have somewhere to be. And Vladimir was not listening to me. R- and so... I think, I think got, it's a
6: golden I, rule. If you have somewhere to be, don't take an Uber pool. Like, that makes no fucking sense.
5: Listen, man, I don't have the money to be putting zippers all over Get my Get on outfit, the train! Right? I don't have that zipper money, okay? Yo! I got... $7 that Uber, Uber money. money to fucking take an Uber pool. And then I get in, I'm like, hey, how are you? And the woman looked at me like I had I leprosy. I was like, all right, well, what can you do, you know? All
6: right, let's leave these audience members with something to remember us by. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because I felt like we just tried to oh, call each other out me, on this let shit. Let me
5: just say, by the way, well, my I'm a esteemed stand-up guy. friend Monroe man. that gig that we went to, right? Yeah, he tried to pay me in sneakers at a Nike outlet <laughs> on the way. <laughs> So, fuck him, okay? Thank you. We've been Ian and Monroe. Have a good night. I don't get a rebuttal?
3: So, wake up with a bunch of my friends on Big 104.7 in Pittsburgh or wherever the road takes you on the iHeartRadio app.
4: And we're back. Uh, How was that? Musical. I like the three different tones. I really like the three different tones. That was really good. We are truly back. Um, It was actually kind of avant garde. I don't know if the tones really matched up.
3: (laughs) I'm not judging. It's a safe space.
4: I am the Zanakis of.
3: Andrew, I don't know the reference. Andrew, I don't know the reference. And it's like, sometimes you dare me. Well, you
4: know what? Our fans that are also fans (laughs) of contemporary classical music (laughs) will get it, and they'll be like, yes, (laughs) thank you for seeing us. Thank you for seeing us. uh, But since we're back here in New York, I thought maybe we could take this middle section of the show and talk about how great it is that we're back here in New York, Naomi. Why not? We're feeling joy for the first time in months. (laughs) And I just, well, I want to say (laughs) this. It's not that we're saying that L.A. sucks and New York is great. It's that we're saying New York is the city that fits our hearts. It's a puzzle piece that gets put right into the jigsaw puzzle of our emotional spectrum. And There's so much more, New York is for us, all right? (laughs) New York City, I would never
3: tell you guys where to live, all right? And I'm not saying this is for everyone, but this is what works for us and our
4: family. Alright? This is the lifestyle we choose.
3: And it's where we're most at home.
4: Yeah. And and so, there, there's a certain amount of joy. Like, I, this is true. When we, we got in last night, and we're in a cab on the way from the airport to our place, and uh, you were ordering food, and it was 11.30 at night.
3: It was 11.30pm on a Monday night.
4: And there was a restaurant with very good food open. And... I swear to God, I teared up a little bit <laughs> when we you? when we knew it was open. When when you, you even called because we were so used to like everything closing down around like 745 PM <laughs> in Los Angeles that and they were like, yeah, of course we're open.
3: Yeah. Like I literally called because I was like, maybe Seamless made a mistake. And then it was like, I was like, oh, no, I'm in New York. These people know they understand there are a range of lifestyles, a range of schedules. OK, some bitches up in here on that night shift. Need a hot meal, and New York City accounts for that, and that is what I appreciate.
4: In fact, two two um, uh, emotional reactions that I had no control of. The second one was when we got on the subway today, and uh, for the first time, I heard the the beep of the of your MTA card going to the subway thingy, uh, and I laughed involuntarily, and that it just brought me so much joy. <laughs> I think New York, though, what I love most,
0: though,
3: is literally, yes, you can get your food, but there's also, like, New York is tough, and it kind of lets you know that from the jump. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, literally, like, New York is a messy bitch who lives for drama and ain't here for your shit. And so, literally, like, just when you get to, J- like, we landed, we got to JFK. Two things. The first one with the cats. Well, right. So, we we travel tiny with our cats, okay? Yes, our cats are also bi- coastal. And we have them in their bags and we put, I put them down and we're just like kind of getting ourselves situated once we're off the plane and like a sky cap comes with some wheelchairs and this sky cap almost rolled over my damn cat to put these wheelchairs in a spot. And it was like, you could have said like coming up behind you or excuse me, just so we know we would have moved. But it was just like, so like, I don't give a fuck. That was like, Welcome home, baby.
4: Yes, the the truly the I don't give a fuck look <laughs> on someone's face as they almost crush your beloved pets. <laughs> right. Typifies the city to me. And it you, you you hearing this might be like, well that sounds terrible. But she didn't we were we were paying attention. Nothing bad happened. It's Not- just that that I'm here for me. <laughs>
3: Exactly it's an I'm here for me. It's also like it's a look alive. It's a very like it, it what in New York just simple navigation, simple movement puts you on your toes uh in a way that I find invigorating. I find that kind of defensiveness, um righteous anger, those things are good for me. Yeah. Those things get me out of bed. They power me. That's my that's my prime emotion in my heart. Right. So that's like what's really fun. And then also, so once we get our things and we're like, Trying to walk. We're trying to basically exit to the taxi line because it was super late. Oh, yeah. If you
4: don't know this, there's like a whole line at, at JFK. You have to get in this whole long line to get a taxi. But it was like, but we're just trying to get out to
3: that section. And it was like, we've got the checked bag. We've got the backpack. We've each got a cat. And when I tell you we have to you got to walk like a damn mile. The skywalk to get to the exit is like a mile long. It's like it's a mile long of just like barren white walls and the truth that perhaps this may never end, and it's just like you are working from the minute you land in New York. It's like strap in, buckle up,
4: let's go. There's no other way to do it <laughs> than to walk a mile it yeah, it's it. it the the difficulty of getting from the JetBlue gate to <laughs> the taxis really uh, just shows you what New York is—a struggle at True every struggle. from every quark to every molecule, every quark to every movement to every quantum movement. <laughs> it's a struggle. And that is New York. And I love that struggle because I need something to push against.
3: Right, right. That kind of gets you started. Otherwise,
4: I just sink into the sauce of existence, Naomi. (laughs) And that's not fun.
3: Oh, God. But, I mean, we felt the New York vibes even right like before we took off with the cats. Traveling with the cats? Oh, yes. Traveling with the cats is difficult. (laughs) We were already pushing against.
0: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from MoonPig.
4: But cats. this is We're always, already on struggle. This is always the problem with cats to me, or any animal, which is like they're always eternal infants, right? You can never tell them what's going on or it's gonna be okay. And even though you and I have mastered cat body language and we know how to <laughs> we know how to blink at them and we know how to like calm them down. I would never
3: ever describe myself as having mastered cat body language, but thank you.
4: Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna give myself that Give, that it, hot to, no, give it to yourself, give it. But uh, even even though we have that and we have that mastery, it's still very you, – you can't tell them, hey, we're just taking a flight. It's going to be okay. And it's always like that. It's right. not like people with babies that take their babies on flights when they take two years later when they take their infants. <laughs> Wait.
3: Oh, my God. What's after what's two toddler. years later? Toddler.
4: Wait. What, at what point can a baby understand what's going on? <laughs> Four? Three? Whatever that age is. Yeah. You could tell them, "Hey, this is a flight. This is what a flight is," and they get it at some point.
3: I mean, they still won't like it. They will eventually scream. They w- they have no concept of like time, so the idea of you know six hours on a plane will still suck. But there is some element of being able to n- say to them, "This too shall pass." Can you say that to a toddler? Oh my god, what am I? Start- <laughs> I would love to take care of a child just when they're having a temper tantrum, be like, "This too shall pass. You need to turn it over." I feel like you can if talk that to. This parenting.
4: Yeah. You- well, look. I get along with kids well, mostly because we just play video games. Like, if I go to, like, my cousin's, well, now he's <laughs> almost, like, 18 or something. <laughs> but when he was six and my family would visit them, uh, we would just play video games. He would tell me about Pokemon.
3: But you listen to them and you talk to them in their level. You, I would like, talk act to them like at, it's interesting. Right. Whereas I'm much more like, hello, how are you? And then I'm kind of, oh, I'm kind of done. I don't know right. how to
4: stay in that. I don't know how to engage. But that's what I'm saying. You talk to them like an adult. Right. Yeah. This too shall pass. And <laughs> exactly. Like, Thank you for speaking to me like an adult. They're like I get that you respect me, but I still don't know what you're saying. But also, I can talk about Charmander, whatever. I'm. I i do not know. I was too old for Pokemon when that became a thing. <laughs> so I am in my late sixties. So <laughs> everyone knows.
3: I mean, but still, so you're going through that process of traveling with them. Of course, like as, you know, we we give them a little a little sedative from the vet, but that doesn't really do it. I think it's more they're like, can we not be in a tiny bag for literally eight and
4: a half hours?
3: But how I do people say, have
4: kids? Andrew, I don't know. Cause like I'm anxious traveling with the cats. I don't understand how like people bring their babies on this giant metal tube flying through the air. And are like, everything's good. This thing I created with my DNA is here with me. And if something bad happens, well, we're done. My <laughs> The family tree's over.
3: Well, it was just funny because there was at one point at which Prembly, our larger of the two cats, was meowing. And, the, and there's a baby <laughs> three rows behind crying. And it was just like, between the two of them, it was a damn symphony of back and forth. But, I mean, in a way, we have it a lot easier. So that's good. But... It was funny because like before we even got on the plane, there's a man behind us and he just goes, what seat are you in? And then we we're just like 13. He's like, I'm very allergic to cats. Where are we? To like his his companion. And she was like 10. And he was like, oh, God. And we were just like, you're going to be fine. But I was like, oh, my. Like, I was like, I am in New York already and I haven't even left. I was like an older white man is like complaining about his allergies. <laughs> and I was like,
4: Manhattan, here I come. <laughs> Here's one other thing about New York, Naomi, that I like to lay at your feet. And that is, have you ever seen my hair as luxurious as when we're in New York?
3: (laughs) I can't tell, honey.
4: I know. It's a a pretty short haircut. (laughs) But you're saying it's luxurious. Look at it. Here, look. Audience, you won't be able to hear this. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll hear the sparkling energy (laughs) as I shake my head back and forth and my golden tresses... (laughs) Golden in quality, not in color. My golden tresses shake back and forth. Naomi, what do you see? Do you do you picture a lion's mane <laughs> in the wind?
3: Yes. A beautiful lion. Like if a lion had a deep condition. That's what you're looking like right now.
4: Anyway, <laughs> despite the, <laughs> you you are looking, Naomi, you're looking at me very vexed. Oh, I wasn't vexed. Oh, okay. I don't know. You're like you're giving me the narrowed eyes. Like, why are you talking about your luxurious hair? Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it yes it's it brings joy to my life to see your hair like that, and to feel it and feel it's so soft. Even though you put that axe putty in it, what is it? What's my hair stuff? I don't know. You buy it. I told you to not buy an axe product. Can I be honest? I got embarrassed. <laughs> I was honestly. T- I, it's this like uh, messy hair stuff. And Axe is the only brand that, like, has this kind of, like, it, that really, like, holds it in place, yet doesn't make it, like, too, like, gelled up. And I am, I got to say, I was embarrassed to to uh, admit that I use that Axe, messy hair, putty stuff.
3: <laughs> well, honey, I love you anyway. And that's mostly what matters. I was going to mm. say all that matters, but it's like, that's too much. That's I like know a little codependent. You but, can't
4: pin all your love. Yeah, on. <laughs> you
3: can't. You, you can't. It can't give you everything. Okay, it cannot. It will not be the wind beneath your wings. Um, you guys, we gonna take a little break. Then we are gonna bring you back one more good set. So you After the break.
1: Hi guys, I'm Katie Lowes, actress, mom, and host of the parenting podcast, Katie's Crib a show that helps women navigate the big shifts which motherhood can bring. This season, you'll hear from resilient mamas like actress Gabrielle Union, thought leaders like author of the New York Times bestseller Untamed, Glennon Doyle, and experts like prenatal and postpartum clinical psychologist Dr. Alyssa Berlin. We get candid about our experiences and share resources for everything parenting, endometriosis and surrogacy, divorce and blended families, emotionally preparing for postpartum. Katie's Crib is covering it all. For a dose of comfort and community with those who understand the struggles and the joys of raising tiny humans, subscribe now for brand new episodes every other Thursday. Listen to Katie's Crib on the iHeartRadio app or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Welcome back, honey. I don't know why I did that. I just felt like being a goof. You guys, I want to play you another wonderful set, all right? This set is from our last show in L.A. on December 1st, and it features lovers and comedians Danielle Radford and Derek Lemos, okay? Danielle's been on Two Dope Queens, Screen Junkies, and she hosts the wrestling podcast Tights and Fights. Derek has performed at festivals all over the country, like L.A. Pride Fest, Bi-Arts Festival, Portland Queer Comedy Fest, and Cinderblock Comedy Festival. So listen to these two take us on a romantic journey. Roll it.
2: So, uh, yeah, we have been together for almost five years. Yeah, almost five years. Holy crap! Holy crap! Uh, we took like a six-month break in there. That's fine.
8: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that—that's a little asterisk in there.
2: Yeah, that's our little. That's our that's, little. We'll come back to that later. We'll come back to that later. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> So, um, we wanted to tell a story. Why am I wearing my purse? Um, you never take it off. Because I don't trust you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Too many white people. One of y'all is going to claim it and be like, oh, Manifest Destiny.
8: How else do you think we got here? Yeah. That
2: um, so it <laughs> happened. So, this is the story um, of... Was it your first time?
8: Uh, no.
2: Okay, this was the story of the first time we... Together, um, uh, 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 took mushrooms.
8: Yeah! Woo. We had been dating, uh, three weeks.
2: Three weeks. Um, we were official, but not like Facebook official. Yeah.
8: It was just like, are, are, are we. Are, we're fucking. This is just exclusive, right? This is just a you-me thing.
2: No, what happened was it was Fourth of <laughs> July, and I brought him um, to a party, and I was awkwardly like, "This is my date," and he was Well he just, just tell him I'm your fucking boyfriend," like just stop. I'm it had been two weeks at that point. It had been two
8: weeks. So then the next week, we came up with a brilliant idea. Let's do all the mushrooms.
2: Do all of them? Just do all of the mushrooms.
8: So, uh, through uh, since we are both comics, uh, we have access to those kinds of drugs. Um, it's the only good thing <laughs> about being a comic. It's the only great thing about being a comic. Um, all of the drugs, none of the money. All of the drugs. It's the trade-off. Which one? Which one's going to help your career? The drugs. The drugs. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I purchased purchased uh, some some drugs. Uh, we, I invited, invited you over to my place?
2: Yeah, so I was living with a couple of dudes at the time who would do fun things, um, like knock at my door at 3 in the morning yelling, Danny! Danny!
8: Come drink some Malort! <laughs> they were from Chicago.
2: They are from Chicago, yeah. <laughs> and we were all wrestling fans, so we'd be like, Danny, we're watching Joshi <laughs> and drinking Malort! <laughs> um, so we decided that was not the safest space for our, the first time we did mushrooms together, and so we went over to Derek's house.
8: Yeah. Uh, I ordered a, 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 a pizza.
2: Let's tell them about your house, honey.
8: Oh. So uh, I'm a 31 year old man, gonna be 32 this month. Uh, I still live with my grandma. Oh, uh, yeah, I was waiting. It's
2: expensive, <laughs> fuck you. That's what I was waiting for. I'm
8: like, why are you burying the lead? <laughs> I work for nonprofits. I'm a good person. I'm not a shitbag. I just don't get paid for what I do. So then we took the drugs back to
2: his grandma's house when she wasn't home.
8: Yes. Oh, I've been doing that for years. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. Before we date, before we got together, that's like explaining to people that you want to take home and fuck. It's like, oh, just a, just a, uh, so I live with my grandma. Um, we're gonna have to do this like uh, like gay folks in the 1950s. Just real quick and real quiet.
2: I'm the only one she was okay with staying the night. Just saying, you guys. Just saying. I'm sure she knows we fucking there. She leaves us alone.
8: Yeah, so I got us a pizza, uh, put on some uh some Bob's burgers. Bob's burgers. Bob's Burgers. Yeah, and then we did then we did the shrooms.
2: Um, so we ate a bunch of the mushrooms. Um I am very aware of how many I need. And so I took the appropriate amount, and I had some pizza, because I was like, mm, pizza's here, and also it helps make the, the things happen. Um, and so things were happening for me, and nothing was happening for him.
8: Nothing. Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> so I came up with the brilliant idea of... He's very of, smart. He's
2: I'm going to smart- get
8: more shrooms! <laughs> and I had more shrooms.
2: Just from the last time he had done shrooms in his grandma's living room. <laughs>
8: Uh, I had some leftover from a camping trip uh, that I didn't eat, and I was like, I'm probably going to need these for a rainy day. And lo and behold... It
2: wasn't raining, but it wasn't his heart, you guys.
8: <laughs> I squirreled them away like a chipmunk, and then, boom, right exactly when I needed them. So between the two of us, one-eighth, gone. Go into my secret squirrel stash. Another eighth, and then a half of one... <laughs>
2: He's so handsome and I love him so much.
8: You'd have thought I'd have done the responsible thing and just been like, oh, you know what? I'm just probably going to microdose this.
2: Which is normally what he would do because like literally his job in our relationship is to be the one who does the responsible be the thing. Be the responsible
8: one. Nope. I think that's the only time I've done the irresponsible thing in our relationship. Eh. <laughs> well, then I don't want to talk about it on this stage. I'm not going to read you in front of these fine people.
2: I love you really hard. This is for a podcast, babe. <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, one-eighth gone, two-eighths down the hatch, half of an eighth, just a nibble, and uh, then another <laughs> nibble, and then it's
2: gone. And he still wasn't feeling anything. Nothing. And I kept telling him to wait. I was like, look, I'm sorry. They had a textured ceiling. Um, in his in his grandma's living room, and I was like, "Look, I'm sorry. Um, everything is space, and I want to fuck you on this planet. but right now you just have to chill cause you ain't you you haven't met me here yet. <laughs> everything was space. <laughs> and it was amazing. I was in the stars, and then I thought I was a star, and I was like, I'm a star. Uh, what did I say? my vagina is a, uh, my vagina is a sun, and I want you to fuck me in it?
8: Yeah. <laughs> and then I did. And
2: then
1: he
8: did. <laughs> But it was, we were 90 minutes in at this point. She's tripping. She's having a wonderful time. Fantastic. And then I start sweating. Um, so you've sex, had this experience. Yeah. Sex is a
2: cardiovascular event. And so when that happens, it makes the blood move. And when the blood moves, things that you have taken that have not kicked in yet will kick in.
8: Suddenly kick in. All of a sudden, 100 miles an hour, just burr, you better strap the fuck in, boy. It was that scene in Willy Wonka in the tunnel.
2: Yes, that, that, my vagina.
8: And my girl, <laughs> and you became a chameleon, and I needed to leave the room. I
2: wish that there was a way I could properly explain what happened to Derek's brain. So, Derek goes into another room. I put, um, I, and I came. I'm fine. Um, he was, he at least in his terror made sure that I had an orgasm. <laughs> he is very kind and considerate, and I love him. And if any of you try to take I'm a him a feminist. from me, I will fucking murder you. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so, I put on, um, uh, which I, I, I also brought my uh, fanciest and panty set. Fanciest mean they both matched. They were both black. I looked amazing. <laughs> and so I followed him into the kitchen. Yes. Um, I followed him into the kitchen, and I was like, what's wrong? It's very odd to me when a man suddenly leaps out of my vagina. <laughs> and then he said,
8: I think there are aliens watching us right now.
2: <laughs> and I said, oh, God, please continue. <laughs> Um, because I am still a son. <laughs> and I'm very interested to know what my children are doing here.
8: <laughs> so I, since I was experiencing all of the shrooms at all of the same time. And I had
2: been talking about space all day, let's be real clear.
8: Yeah, it only came to the logical conclusion of like, oh man, human life on Earth is just one big science experiment and there are people documenting our every move. But the only and I was imagining this like superior alien race of just like just like watching people being like, Can you believe these fucking assholes? Like, can you believe these fucking assholes? And the only time you are privy to it is when you were on shrooms, so I was super privy to it. And
2: one of the alien people watching him was me. Derek thought that aliens sent their nakedest girl to watch and observe him.
8: Nakedest and cutest.
2: He's going home with me tonight. He already fucking look, he's just he's he's laying the groundwork, you guys. <laughs> and d- don't be fooled by that face. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. But yeah, so the the aliens had sent me to observe him. And me, I'm very like, even if I'm fucking schmizacked, I am always the one who's like, hey, are you okay? Do you need some water? What do you need? What's happening? Do you need to talk? What's going on in your brain? To me, that was being empathetic and caring. To Derek, that was me probing his brain for secrets
8: about the earth. I barricaded myself in the bathroom, took the tub lid off in case I needed to defend myself. And waited for the door to burst into splinters. Pew, pew. (laughs) That never happened.
2: Yeah, because I'm not a fucking alien, babe. (laughs) So uh, he finally comes out at one point because he has decided that, um, well, it's only more suspicious if I'm in the bathroom. So he comes out and he's like, are you tired? You must be so sleepy. You must be so sleepy. He drags me lovingly. He's like, let's go to bed and like pushes me into the bed and starts like rubbing my head to get me to sleep. And every time I would start opening my eyes again, he'd be like, no, you're so tired.
8: No, but you are so tired though. I needed to neutralize the enemy, <laughs> analyze my situation and get the fuck out of there. But then half, I, I, she fell asleep. I crept to my front door and I had that realization. I was like, Derek, you're on all of the mushrooms. If you're outside right now, you're going to die.
2: He was also in his
8: boxers, so not the
2: best of idea.
8: Yeah, no, they shoot people like us for less. Uh, so, so I had that. It just, it's like, Derek, if you leave right now, you're going to die. So I did the responsible thing. I stayed indoors, laid down next to the, to the alien beast I thought was documenting my every move. And it was just like... It was like the uh, the end of the thing with Kurt Russell. Just like, ah, it's just the two of us. <laughs> Let's see what happens.
2: And you know what happened, you guys? Cuddles.
8: And then 22 hours later, <laughs> I come down exhausted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but between you and me... uh. I, there's a part of me deep down that still feels that like I never came out of that trip because how the fuck else do you explain the last two years? Thank you guys.
4: I said this at the, uh, at the live show and I just wanted to reinforce it. But, uh, the most I've ever taken is, uh, Advil PM to go to sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe a caffeine pill in the morning to wake <laughs> up. I am truly the Branson, Missouri of pill poppers. You're delicate. You're wholesome.
3: And that's what I love about you. I also will never do mushrooms. Yeah. Like, I was like, all I got, I was like, yeah, never do mushrooms. Because it's like, also, like, what was so funny, too, about the set to me is how the people in the audience who clearly did mushrooms understood the math of how much was too much and the mistakes that they were making. And I was like... Okay, honey, if I need to if I need to do like geometry just to take a <laughs> take a trip, I ain't doing it. Okay, it's too much work. I got to titrate and then fucking, you What's know, the
4: Pythagorean theorem for mushrooms.
3: I ain't got time for it. I will not do it. And so <laughs> I was like, bless
4: Derek and Danielle. Um I w I don't hear I don't ever hear great stories. As much as like people enjoy using drugs. Right. I don't hear—enjoyment the enjoyment does not outweigh the possibility of things going drastically wrong.
3: Well, every story is the story of how I did drugs and something went drastically wrong. No one tells the story of, like, I did some drugs and we just hung out. It's always like, I did some drugs and I lost my baby. Right. And it's never—it's like there's no in-between. And so that's why. It's like the,
4: the coloring, the way, you know. Yeah, my—like, the activities that I choose to participate in recreationally, bowling— or exercise. You do own your own bowling ball. I time. do. That's true, but th- <laughs> but I didn't buy it. A friend stole it from somewhere and then gave it to me.
3: Wow, this is the first I'm hearing of this. And you have contraband. Uh,
4: this is from 20 years ago. So, <laughs> uh, so yes, so there is like there's nothing. Whatever recreational activities I choose to participate in, there's nothing like. They can't go so wrong that I have like a great story.
1: <laughs> like
4: what's the worst that could happen at bowling that's ever happened? I guess if I like really fucked up, I could accidentally like release the ball into the audience. What do you call oh, it with the people what? the people behind you? The other <laughs> players. Yeah, I guess I could fuck up and like accidentally, but like I would have to I would have to be on drugs <laughs> for that to happen. And then that's not a story about bowling going awry. That's a story about your um Your drug drug (laughs) is getting out of hand. Your cocaine going awry. You guys, I just want
3: you to be careful out there. Okay, that's what Andy and I are saying. Please be careful. Yeah,
4: don't Uh, let your cocaine go awry.
3: (laughs) You guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed. And if you are into the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. And if you want to see us live, you got some chances. Okay, honey? You got January 5th in Los Angeles, 8 p.m. at the Virgil. We got a
4: great lineup. Amy Miller, Emily Maya Mills, and a lot of other people. Uh, Very excited for this one. Also, we're going to be at Sketchfest on January 12th, San Francisco, uh, at the Punchline, Naomi. John Ross Bowie and Jamie Denbo, Arden Marine and Brian Safi. It's going to be a blast. I hope you can come out to that. Uh, If you want to get tickets to either of these, go to CouplesTherapyPod.com and click on the See Us Live link. And Naomi, uh, I think... People in Philadelphia are going to be able to see you doing stand-up. Is that true? Wow, Andy, thanks for the reminder.
3: You guys, if you are in Philadelphia, you can catch me on Saturday, December 22nd, 10 p.m. at Good Good Comedy Theater. It's going to be great. It's a cool black box theater. I'm doing an hour of material. Hey, they should call a great, great comedy theater then. Let's make a note of that. We'll make a call. I wonder how many times they've had to hear that. And I will have a great local <laughs> opener. It'll be fun. Go to goodgoodcomedy.com for information.
4: And as always, if you ain't already, subscribe, bish. Ooh, I like that. Yes, you can get the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can follow us on social media. Uh, if you're on Twitter, at Naomi and Andy. Also, you can follow us individually. Amy is at Blacktress. I am at Andy Beckerman. And then on Instagram, you can follow the show at Couples Therapy Pod. And there's lots of great photos. And I think that's about it. What else do you do on Instagram? We don't do stories. We should. Yeah, Maybe?
3: we're going to get into stories. We're going to get into stories. Can you tell Andy and I are like 85 years old? Like, we should do a Instagram story. Um, is we- that like a Snapchat? <laughs> Naomi, have you, have you heard this Instagram story thing? I, I think it's a Snapchat that lasts longer than a snap. Okay, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye. My name is Kimberly Drew. If I've learned anything in my years of studying and uplifting black artists, it's that we all have the power to create something beautiful. That's why I'm pleased to introduce you to people who have broken down boundaries in fencing and helped to create the first ever smart store. They're a big deal, and it's time we give them our attention. Listen to Your Attention, Please, a Hulu podcast with iHeartRadio on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's inspired by Your Attention, Please, now streaming on Hulu. Watch for a fresh point of view on Black history.
7: Katie Couric. I'm Bozema St. John. I'm an award-winning journalist, if I do say so myself. And I'm a hot-to-trot trailblazing marketing executive. <laughs> and we're very confident. <laughs> we wanted to combine Bose's business and branding expertise with Katie's natural curiosity to create a podcast responding to this moment in time. Welcome to Back to Biz with Katie and Bose. Each week, we'll interview innovators, creatives, and CEOs to find out how our pandemic present will forever change the business of tech and media, travel and leisure, education and sports, fashion and pop culture. Because in many ways, this has been a really dark time, but it's also a time for reassessing, recalibrating, and finding the light. We're doing 10 episodes, and you can catch them every Thursday. So listen to Back to Biz with Katie and Bose On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows.
0: Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com.
7: Moonpig.com
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,